0: Today on the Zabecast, why has the NFL let several of their best reps just walk into retirement, yet baseball has old dinosaurs like Joe West still out there screwing up games? Andy Poland joins us, talks Redskins first place, Alex Smith and more. Plus, if the Home Depot stage Roman Gladiator fights to the death, they look something like this. Your essential Sports Talk Day starter is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Tuesday, October 16, 2018. Thank you for the download. Let's get right to it. You can always email me, zabe And I love getting emails, good, bad, and in between. Uh, This email, I got two emails that were very similar. Uh, First of all, uh, this one from uh, email coming in from Ian Schwant, S-C-H-W-A-N-D-T. The title, Responding to Your Critics. Zabe, have you ever considered responding to your critics by saying, I am a highly successful sports radio broadcaster. A la Mike McCarthy. Love the content and the Friday show. Your Duchess County, New York downloader and Milwaukee expat, Ian. Thank you, Ian. That's, that's very funny. This email from David Kappa, K-O-P-P-A. Zabe, have you wondered if the retirement of Ed Hockley and others might have been a bit of a prescient decision on their part as they could see the incoming shit show that NFL officiating was about to become as a result of this new rule interpretation? Haven't heard mention of this theory, which seems plausible, at least, to me. Love it, Zabe. Love it all, David Kappa. Before I respond, let me give you a second email on this. Mike in Memphis says, Zabe, I've been thinking about this one for some time. Why did all those refs retire slash quit this offseason? Some got undeserved positions in the media, while others left to focus on other things like their legal practice. What if they knew what horse crap was coming out of the stalls this season? and didn't want to have to deal with the players and the fans when they were only doing what they were told to do. These new rules have guys afraid to tackle because they're afraid of getting an unwarranted roughing the passer call. Just my two cents, maybe I'm wrong. By the way, did you see the last did you see last week that the Colts O-line played with a there was an O-lineman that played with a broken back? Cue the Mike Tyson soundbite. I broke my back. It's broken. Uh, I don't have that soundbite handy. Damn it, I'll have to find it. All right, Mike in Memphis, thanks for the email. Let's look at the retirements. First of all, Jeff Triplett retired. He was an older veteran. Uh, He was an older referee, a veteran referee, and he was terrible. Should have been fired a long time ago, but he was allowed to retire and was given a playoff assignment that first-round game between the Titans and the Chiefs where he fucked up several calls on his way out the door. And then he gets hired by ESPN. Interesting. Can't believe ESPN said, oh yeah, triplet. he's the best. Let's go hire him. Then you get Gene Steratore, retiring. Terry McCauley, retiring. Ed Hockley, retiring. These three guys are excellent referees, all three of them. And none of them are that old. Remember, this used to be the league that would have white-haired Dick Handtack ambling around on on the playing fields. This is the league that once had, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get a description for him. Remember Ron White? I think his name was Ron White. He was not a good referee. This league used to have much older referees. Sterator ripped, athletic. Hockley, of course, could bench-press a Volvo. Macaulay, trim, and in shape, and relatively young. Why would these guys leave? Oh, I know what you're saying. They were offered Cush broadcasting jobs that paid a lot more, perhaps. Or if they didn't pay a lot more, they offered a bit more longevity. Or maybe something else is going on. I do think if the sports media was truly independent and truly wanting to find out answers, and maybe there is somebody working on the story as we speak, Yeah, it smells fishy as hell. And it's maddening because you look at other sports, you got Cowboy Joe West out there with the reflexes of an iceberg getting hit by wild throwdowns to second base, and you think to yourself, why is an old fuck like him still out there messing up games? And yet three referees, athletic, in good shape, in their prime, are voluntarily quitting football. They don't even have to quit their full-time jobs. Ed Hockley, oh yeah, he went to go you know, focus on his law practice. He was still doing law in his spare time. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question, but man, the officiating sure is fishy. And that brings us to the most controversial call or non-call of week number six. I mentioned I had seen it, it briefly or I'd heard about it but I did not see it. I am now fully up to speed on the game-winning touchdown by Antonio Brown against the Cincinnati Bengals. It looked to me like a clearly illegal pick play or blocking by a downfield receiver on a play that was a passing play before the ball was delivered. Or whatever the rule is. I don't know what the rule is. You don't know what the rule is. Nobody knows what the rule is other than, hey, that's bullshit. You're not allowed to do that. Because we've seen it flagged before as, hey, that's bullshit. You're not allowed to do that. Justin Hunter was the Steelers wide receiver who made contact with defensive back Tony McRae and then started to push block him clearly out of the way for Antonio Brown, probably before the ball got there. I'd have to look at the play again. Alberto Riveron, though, who did not comment yet, still hasn't commented on the... Uh, on the play involving um, the Packers. God, why am I having a brain blank right now? It's killing me. You know, you, you miss a name real quick. Uh, Clay Matthews. Alberto Riveron, which is who has not yet commented, to my knowledge, on the botched Clay Matthews roughing the passer call against Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, and then again against Alex Smith. He comes out within 24 hours with this little video explaining, oh, no, no, here's why it wasn't a penalty, because Bengals defensive back Tony McRae initiated the contact. And so if the DB initiates the contact, then I guess the wide receiver is allowed to sled block that guy completely out of the way on what looks like an illegal pick play. Here is Alberto Riveron. Good evening,
1: everyone. This is Al Riveron. We discussed an interesting play today that happened in the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game. We're watching this defender right here as he is going to contact that receiver. we watch in pre-snap number 84 goes back in motion. And when he does that, the defender comes up, slides outside as you just saw, and then immediately after the ball is snapped, he's going to make contact. And there's contact downfield as they both go downfield. However, the contact is initiated by the defender, and therefore the receiver is not responsible for this contact. And the contact continues just when the ball is caught by 84 there's still contact but the contact is initiated by the defender therefore this is not opi huh what explain that what the hell did you just say what 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 the, what the hell did you just say
0: so what part of the rule book can you cite al riveron uh you know article 4 section c subclause j where does it say that just because the DB initiates it that, oh, all of a sudden now it's just free game to block a guy downfield? I must have missed that one. And how do you know who initiates? How How is that exactly? Now, maybe it's in the rule book. And maybe it'll be pointed out. And if it is, I'll shut my mouth. But this is all news
1: to me. watching this defender right here as he is going to contact that receiver. We're watching pre-snap number 84 goes back in motion and when he does that the defender comes up slides outside as you just saw
0: by the way all of this shit that he's explaining right now is irrelevant to the actual action we're talking about is a receiver allowed to actively push block a defender within a yard of the line of scrimmage on a passing play before the ball is out of the hands
1: and then immediately after the ball is snapped he's going to make contact and then there's contact downfield as they both go downfield However, the contact is initiated by the defender, and therefore the receiver is not responsible for this contact, and the contact continues just when the ball is caught by any 84. I
0: don't get the he's responsible for the contact. If a receiver runs right into you and pretends like, oh, I'm, not, I'm just running this route here, and you as a defender put up your arms to maybe brace for it, does that make you responsible for the contact? Again, This is the kind of shit that drives fans crazy. And unfortunately, it's not hurting the NFL in its pocketbook right now because the TV ratings are up. And it's still the most popular sport in America by a long shot. And I think we're just becoming, unfortunately, accepting the fact that the NFL is now 20% bullshit when it used to be 4% bullshit. And it has another 50% of randomness Uh, I don't know about the percentages, but it's got a lot more randomness now than ever. And there's nothing we can do. We have to accept it. If we're going to watch professional tackle football, we have to watch more and more fishy stuff and wonder, hmm, really? Glad that Al Riveron was so quick with this video because, again, still waiting to hear from Al when it comes to the Clay Matthews play. All right, let's talk to Andy Polin of your first place Washington Redskins and by your first place Redskins I mean my first place Redskins and again if you don't like Redskin talk you can fast forward or just burn this podcast there will be some baseball talk later on there will be some other talk uh, later on in this interview otherwise skip ahead or do whatever you like or just sit back and enjoy it. I think you'll like it alright how does it feel to be in first place Mr. Andrew <laughs>
2: Ballin? <laughs> Well, once again, I give you the credit, Kaleidoscope League, because I don't think most of us saw that coming. I know you didn't because I saw you on your Channel 4 show predicting that uh, Carolina would win.
0: Not only did I not see it coming, but when I woke up Sunday morning and found out that Crowder and Thompson were out, I'm like, there is no chance they win this game. (laughs) Welcome to the Kaleidoscope League. You don't know, and you'll never know as Jim Mora once said.
2: Right. Well, what we do know is this is not a come-from-behind team, and when they are ahead, they do seem to play their best football, though, once again, didn't score any touchdowns in the second half. So.
0: That That is as brutal as it gets. I mean, we've gone now five games with one second-half touchdown.
2: Meaningless, really, because they were getting their doors blown off when it happened against New Orleans.
0: Yeah. This is a league yeah. that is designed and engineered to produce touchdowns by the bucketful.
2: Oh, well, did you see a fellow by the name of Tom Brady last night? <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and speaking of last night, so let's go ahead and tie this in, because this is getting to the real crux of the issue with the Redskins, who, by the way, are in first place, Andy. Let's not forget that.
2: Understood.
1: Understood.
0: <laughs> last year, to open the season, When both teams were theoretically at their freshest with the Patriots (laughs) coming off the Super Bowl and without Julian Edelman on suspension, Alex Smith and Andy Reid rolled into Foxborough and lit the Patriots' hair on fire.
2: Saw it, yep, remember.
0: One year ago and a couple of weeks. We do not seem to have the same Alex Smith that they had in Kansas City one year ago. I'll hang up and listen to your answer off the air, Andy, (laughs) as we like to say in the business.
2: Well, I will say this. Uh, We sat here a week ago, and at least I wondered whether they had seen a quarterback who'd fallen off a cliff. Um, he's, He's still a pretty good, serviceable quarterback, but he's not a superstar quarterback by any means, and he's being paid... At a level that they're stuck with him for three more years, and I don't know if you know, I don't see this team developing into a Super Bowl contender with Alex Smith at quarterback. That's that's really the issue here. Well, that's and, that's
0: and, yeah, that's ultimately what I'm thinking is: let's say yeah. the Redskins hit an inside straight to win this division, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that would be what a nine-win inside straight. Can this team win ten games?
2: Maybe can win 10. I, I still think Philadelphia is going to get going now. I think Carson Wentz is right. you know getting the rust off, and I think that they're still the best team in the division, though Dallas really threw a curveball, didn't they? They did. 40 to 7
0: They did, and Dak Prescott was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league up until last week, and then he finally found it. But I, I just look at this team for the Redskins and say, where are they going with this Alex Smith once they get to the playoffs if they were – to get to the playoffs. Alex Smith, with a far more potent team and offense and weapons around him, always left early anyway once January hit. So yeah. it's a little bit disappointing. But, see, I can't be hypocritical on this because I signed off on this trade for Alex Smith.
2: Well, I don't know how you couldn't. I mean, you, you lost a guy who is is a developing star. Whether he'll reach superstar status, we don't know. But he's a very, very good quarterback. And Kirk Cousins and you were able to get kind of a sand save on this, that this guy was, you know, not maybe as good, but pretty close and and would at least keep you competitive. You know, you, you were thinking, are they going to go with Colt McCoy? Are they going to get one of these red retreads in here? What are they going to do? Are they going to wait in the draft, try and develop another quarterback? So you got a guy who you thought was pretty good, and, you know, over the course of the five games, you take his body of work, it's been pretty good. hasn't been great, but you know you throw out the the one bad test in new orleans it's pretty much what you expected right
0: yeah but you 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 pretty much elaborated exactly the flawed thinking that i signed up for under the premise of if you don't have a quarterback you won't have a season and right. i and i wanted desperately to have a season this year and now i'm starting to have buyers remorse thinking you know eventually we're going to have to start over at quarterback like I don't think I had the appetite for it. I don't think the franchise had the appetite for it. Certainly, the s- ticket sales department did not have the appetite, Andy, for a complete mm-hmm. teardown rebuild. And there is the stadium You know, people trying to get this new stadium done that didn't have the appetite for three wins and a rookie QB. Well,
2: not only that, every time this rookie QB, whoever it happened to be, would throw two picks – you would put those statistics side by side with Kirk Cousins and say, "Oh, look what you could have had." Correct. Now you've got a guy who at least is close to Kirk Cousins—not as good, but but still good enough to keep you at the close to the same level you were with Cousins. Let's face it: they're a 500 team with Cousins. You know, let, let's not let's not make this seem like they were a Super Bowl contender with Cousins. They were what they are now: a team that wins a, a game and then lays an egg the following week and doesn't seem to be able to string together any kind of consistency. All right, but what it is doesn't matter who's playing.
0: But what is Cousins now? Better than he on was a better here. Better team. Uh, on, on,
2: on, uh, on a, right. So in other team. words,
0: so in other words, the problem was the team, not the quarterback.
2: Right. So right. we if you step back with a rookie or a retread, you would be worse. Now, we, I don't know, would you have one win now? Would you have two wins now? you got
0: three. Uh, I don't know. You know what? I, I think of a quote I once read, and I think it's a great quote, and I think it's a great philosophy in life. It's hard to adhere to. I'm trying more and more every day. And the quote goes like this. Tell me if you've heard this before. What must be done eventually should be done immediately. Ever hear yeah, of that? Yeah, well,
2: us Well, that sort of addresses the Branch Rickey philosophy, that you get rid of a guy a year too early than a year too late. And who's been doing that better than anybody? Bill Belichick over the years, right? Some of the guys.
0: And certainly Andy Reid may have done it to us now twice.
2: Well, this one was a little bit different than McNabb because people weren't really sure about Michael Vick. In this case... They said, yeah, 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 this guy's been great all year. Geez, uh, he, he never throws an interception. Uh, he's he's a smart quarterback. He runs when he needs to. But we got this guy Mahomes. and No matter how well this guy Alex Smith does this year, our quarterback next year is Mahomes. And how does that decision look right now? Pretty good. Pretty I think, good.
0: I think the league is going with young, athletic, dynamic quarterbacks like Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and others. Uh, Baker Mayfield probably, although he had a bad week, or with cheap guys on their first contract like Jared Goff, who may not be the most uber-athletic guy, but he's good enough with a good system around him and a hell of a running back. We're stuck in an older paradigm of expensive guy who is also not very dynamic.
2: Right, right. But again, they painted themselves in that corner with Kirk where they didn't really have a better option. I didn't think.
0: No. I know. Well, no. And here's the problem. I fell for, because I was desperate in the throes Mm -hmm. of last winter, knowing Kirk was leaving. I fell for the next decent looking girl to walk into (laughs) my coffee shop. And I said, I said, you know what? She's cute enough. Let's, let's go and get engaged.
2: So, so this almost forces them next year off this conversation. I'm sure that they've had it behind the scenes. That they've got to draft a quarterback who they can develop behind Alex Smith.
0: Wow, because, where? Well, what round? I don't know.
2: I don't know. But but give you, me right a, now, give me a
0: round that you think they should draft a guy next year.
2: I would no, I would go no lower than third. Wow! If of course, yeah, because, you, know,
0: you go that low, you're now prospecting because those well, are not
2: yeah. But but okay, do you draft a first rounder? Because Kansas City was a playoff team with your first-rounder sitting, right? Correct. Last year?
1: Correct. Uh, they're
2: not a playoff team with your first-rounder sitting. So you have to invest. And look, the, the the top of the drafts the last two years have produced guys who so far have been good. Uh, Payne and, and uh, Jonathan Allen have been good.
1: No, right?
0: I, I don't disagree with those draft picks. I guess what I'm coming to realize, Andy, is that I now, because of my fandom, and because mm-hmm. I'm in the media, and I'm because I'm a so-called opinion maker and pundit as well, rock on tour, and you know, garrulously mm-hmm. funny and uh, handsome and rakish, and all these other great. Well, let's adjectives. not get carried away. Okay, right. fine. Uh, because I'm both a fan and a pundit who's supposed to try to traffic in solid opinions, my mm-hmm. my my radar for sensing what should be done is now hopelessly broken because of all the mediocrity the team has authored. I'm now settling for the same subprime ideas the team is settling for, for reasons that go to them worrying about selling tickets or worrying about who are we going to put on the side of a bus that we park <laughs> outside an event or who are we going to put on the season ticket package. Like, I'm yeah. falling for that. I should be the one that says, you know what? Alex Smith is a nice guy. You could have a half decent season with him, but it's time to start over. And yes, the RG3. RG three thing was disastrous, but we're going to have to get back in that water again. We're going to have yeah. to, unless we land with two or three wins, we're going to have to trade up again and take another swing. I think yeah. we're, I think we're scarred from the RG three trade.
2: Yeah, I think there's some of that and there's just been too many redos. I mean, this the fact that Scott McLuhan lasted only two years After all the, okay, they finally get it. They need to have a general manager. Here's a guy who's built Super Bowl teams in Seattle and San Francisco. Bruce Allen is going to do what Bruce Allen does, do the marketing, get the stadium. And then that was gone. That was gone in two years.
0: uh, uh, Granted, but in retrospect, how is McLuhan's drafts looking? Not very good. He's got three major busts on his record. Doxson, Jones. And the runaway safety, Sue Cravens. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, so I don't know. You know, I'm not blaming anything necessarily on Alex. I'm looking ahead to thinking, all right, at some point, Adrian Peterson's not going to run for nearly 100 yards. And by the way, how'd you like his performance on Sunday?
2: It was spectacular, but, again, he's playing with a bad shoulder and a bad knee, and he's 33 years old. How many more weeks like that can you expect?
0: I don't know. And then after that, who's going to be our guy? Because the rest of our backs stink. Except for Thompson, who's not a first and second down
2: back. Okay. Yeah, and then, and yeah, maybe you get Fat Rob back at some point. But, yeah, there, there's not much behind him.
0: Okay, so, so you know, I'm just looking ahead thinking, what do we got on Alex Smith? And, unfortunately, a lot of people are saying, this is the Alex Smith that you bought. You should have known this was the guy. Yeah. You should have known that last year was an anomaly. And you should sit and really think, Tyree Kill, uh, uh, Kareem Hunt, and Travis Kelsey are rocket ship playmakers, as we saw on Sunday night. These guys are sick, and we don't have any of that. Even Jordan Reed, the closest approximation. And don't sell me Jordan Reed and uh, Chris Thompson are close to Kelsey and Hunt. No, 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 no,
2: no. no, no. no they, they. I mean, Andy Reed, One thing about him, he knows how to build a team. Now he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet, but he always seems to have teams that are in the hunt. And given what's happened here. Remember how the it's it's amazing when you think back of how the thinking changed in this city over the last 16, 17 years. Remember when Marty came in? Okay, that was only nine years since they had won a Super Bowl, and a lot of us said, "Yeah, well, Marty's great. He gets you to the playoffs, but they always flame out." Well, now you'd like a guy who gets you to the playoffs.
0: Almost like almost like our baseball manager. We cashed out because. That's all he yeah. could do is just get us to the playoffs. Oops, we missed the yeah. playoffs. Damn, I missed yeah. that. Um, we'll we'll see. Uh, I think that you know the, we're in first place. Dallas is coming. It's an exciting week, thank God. Possibilities are still out there in front of us. But I think all of us who are Redskin fans are concerned that they can't score touchdowns in the second half. Alex Smith has been quietly terrible, but has avoided a lot of the spotlight because of a couple of uh, nice, timely wins. And eventually, Adrian Peterson will break, and then we're in deep shit.
2: So. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a fair assessment. And I, I saw a stat today that they are 26th in the league in yards per play. And what do we hear about Kirk Cousins last two years? Oh, he's just a check down guy. He's just just a stat collector. Once completion percentage. Well, it looks yeah. like Alex Smith is that times two.
0: 26 in <laughs> yards per play passing or all yards per play on offense? That includes running.
2: Yeah, that includes running, which okay. they are doing more of, so that that would account for some of that. They're you actually
0: running you know, it better this year than last year, so if the yards per play is down from last year, that's even worse. Yeah. All right, that yeah. said, can we give Jay credit for maybe his finest moment, which was to draw a line in the sand on his star player, Josh Norman, and to say, I will not accept this, but then pivot midweek, get that player to buy in, and watch him have the best game he's had in almost two years. Is that not Jay Gruden's best moment so far as a coach?
2: Um, yeah, that, and I guess whatever role he played in getting Archie three benched, I know that, you know, he had some, some say in that. And uh, because, you know, the thinking, what I heard from the organization was, eh, we're going to let him go three or four regular season games and see what we got here. And he and whoever else, maybe McLuhan gave him an assist on that, was able to convince Snyder and Allen that, they got to bench the guy, and they got to go with cousins. So yeah. that's probably his best moment.
0: Well, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was a good job by Jay, and it was good. It was a great game by Josh, and let's see what happens going forward. How about our our guy Kevin Sheehan with the scoop of the week on the headphone story?
2: no kidding that that was that was tremendous and i saw ian Rappaport sunday morning uh, expanded it out with you know the fact that gruden took the headphones off which seems out of character for him but yeah that, that you know that seemed like a small nugget when it first started and it kind of mushroomed over the next 48 hours before the game and then he comes up with his best game really since being a redskid that's, so that's the best game he's had inside
0: inside baseball do you think if kevin was still on the air here at our station he would have run with that
2: that's a good question. Um, I don't know because
0: uh, out on his own with just a podcast, he answers yeah. to himself only, so he doesn't right. have to worry about blowback. Also, right. also, how do you think this will affect him getting scoops from the same source going forward? Because you know the team is not happy about this.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, and I, I think we both have a pretty good idea who his source was,
0: but you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably so. But I don't want to out yeah. him, you know. Okay. No, I don't either. Well, but anyway, that, I, I think that. Yeah. yeah. No,
2: I, I just could say good.
0: No, no, go ahead.
2: I, I, I was just going to say that that in, in another in various times at the station, depending on who was in charge, you could have perhaps run with a story like that. But there were various managers throughout the year. Some were better than others. Let's put it that way.
1: Right.
0: You and I over the years have heard a lot of shit. That would yeah. peel the paint off the wall if if you're like, yeah, that really happened, and people go, What? That happened? Yeah. Sometimes I'll yeah. tell I'll tell guys these nuggets on the golf course under the <laughs> Universal Golf Course Privacy Act of, hey, listen, you're hearing this from me, but once you step off this course, you didn't hear this from me. That kind of thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somewhere yeah. in the woods on the back nine, I'll go, Yeah, remember this time Spurrier actually did this. What? He did? <laughs> All right, are you uh, are you watching baseball and the playoffs? Because I have a question I, for you about baseball in today's modern NFL and football soaked environment. But are you watching?
2: I am watching, and and to be perfectly honest, I've been getting more shifts at night at WTOP, which uh, kind of require me to watch the games, you know, okay. while I work. So I, I am watching more because of that. Um, has it made you enjoy? That,
0: has it made you enjoy the games more?
2: I, I yeah, I, I think so. I think I think uh, you know playoff baseball is good. Although you know we've got nine inning games that go four hours and ten minutes. Oh, and,
0: absolutely. and The
2: problem that with with what they're doing with bullpenning is you know you had a game what the other night that had thirteen pitchers. Yeah. In it. I mean that's you know that's, ridiculous. That's not the game. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Your, uh, your colleague, Tom Lavero is beside yeah. himself at this oh, development. Yeah. I mean, Yeah,
2: we, 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 we did a show Saturday. He's, he, and he, but his, his side of it is, nobody goes to see relief pitchers. Well, yeah, but I, I don't know if, if, if it's a huge decision and whether you go to a game, who's the starting pitcher. And yes, if, if you have a Kershaw on the Brewers, you don't do bullpenning that game but how many Kershaws are there out there? There aren't that
0: many. Right. Did did Lovey bring up the fact that in 2005 the Chicago mm-hmm. White Sox won the ALCS with four complete games?
2: Yeah, yeah. Did you That's, know that? Uh,
0: Think about that. I didn't, as recently but, as 13 years ago, the Chicago White Sox won the ALCS with four complete games, not seven inning starts not eight inning starts complete games
2: yeah um the only player i remember is paul canurco that seems to be one of the most forgettable world series champions of my lifetime um but yeah I, I i don't can you name one of the four starting pitchers
0: oh that did it that year yeah uh let's see well i'm looking at it right now so yeah, you gotta look not it up in...
2: but will, will it right. ring a bell that ready that
0: ready yeah uh, mark burley
2: oh okay yeah. john garland yeah
0: freddie garcia jose mm-hmm. Contreras. that yeah. is okay. not exactly a cooperstown four now is it
2: no no in fact no. i think
0: none of them will be hall of famers when it's all said and done no. i'm pretty sure
2: no no i don't think you have a hall of famer in the bunch but the game is is changing and, and also will this change the way pitchers are developed that you're trained to throw only two innings and knowing you're going to go every third day, you know, something like that. Uh, you know, Until Tony La Russa came along, there wasn't a one-inning closer. When I was a kid, you know, there was Sparky Lyle and Goose Gossage. Those guys might come in in the seventh inning and finish the game. Yeah. My, so, big,
0: my big complaint is they have to speed it up, these changes. Therefore, yeah. if I were making the rules, I would say... You get a 60-second clock to change pitchers. So, in other words, if you're going to change pitchers, A, your guy better be warmed up in the pen, and he's got 60 seconds to run in from the outfield, catch his breath, and throw the first pitch.
2: Yeah, I I suppose. I mean, you hear Rob Manford talk about speeding up the game all the time, but when they show you the numbers, the game is actually slowed down. Because oh. of all these
0: pitching changes, not only is it slowed down; it's it's not just the total length of time. The game has to pace better, yeah. And so it's yeah. the time in between the stuff. The other thing that you know about baseball is that the romantic era that I grew up on—the '80s and early '90s mm-hmm. of postseason baseball, October baseball—where if your team wasn't in it, you still watched baseball. I yeah. feel like baseball now is only well, my team is in. The LCS, I'll watch. the The days nowadays in which non fans of the four final teams don't watch anymore, and maybe it's because well, half of the series are on cable TV, and so
2: that's part of it. But but also look at the number of level, of rounds of games we had this year right. games to decide who would be the wild card or who would get a home field. Correct. And then you moved on and, you, you know, like the Cubs, they played two different teams and stayed home for both games. <laughs> and, you know, it was very hard to, to get a, your head around exactly what was happening here. When I was growing up, in 1969 was the first year they actually had divisions. So you had a best of five to decide who would be the World Series teams, and then you played the World Series. Yeah. Well, now, wild cards and play in games. I mean, it gets too confusing.
0: But can't people that don't want to watch that much just wait until this round, the league championship yeah. series, and pick it up from here?
2: You can. And, and because the, uh, the Dodgers and the Astros were in it last year, I think that's helpful. Although, you know, a lot of the faces have changed Manny Machado added, and, you know, yeah. some of the other changes that the teams make. But But at least you have some familiarity. Um, you know, in the 70s, the Reds were in two straight years. The Yankees were always in it. Uh, the Red Sox got in a couple times. You got some familiarity with the teams. That helps you too.
0: What happens next year if the Nats don't even make the playoffs?
2: I, I'm not sure they will. Um, and I, I think that'll be it for Davey Martinez. Jesus. And then two uh, straight yeah, years
0: then... of not making it. Harper's likely gone. That's going to be not fun times here, especially if the Braves continue to be good. And if the Phillies get Machado for which they're rumored to be going hard this off season, all of a sudden we're like, fuck, we're the third best team in our division. And we've been out for two years and we've got a new manager now.
2: Yeah. Except that, you know, things go crazy. Nobody expected the Braves to be there. this year. True. Um, and then you, you also have, uh, the possibility that uh, you know, a team that's expected to be good, like the Mets, have been expected to be good for the last couple of years, and the way they got out of the box this year, where they're like 15 and one at one point. Yeah. So uh, I think I think you know, there's possibility of, of unexpected things happening, but the reality is uh, your window has probably closed unless unless they really get a stellar starting pitcher, because you do have Scherzer. And despite the fact that Strasburg is hurt all the time, Tom was pointing this out. He's got he's got a lot of wins piled up in the last few years. He he he's he's deceptively durable, yeah. even though he seems to be on the DL all the time. Uh, so if you have three good starting pitchers, that helps you a lot.
0: Quick broadcasting note: Did you see the latest Dick Stockton gaffe? Did you hear it?
2: No, I did not. What do you do? I,
0: I'm going to play it for you right now.
2: Other conditions says the undefeated Rams take on. The Denver
0: Nuggets coming. Oh, my God, Andy. The Denver Nuggets. This Ooh. this is one year after Dick Stockton had a Ron Burgundy moment in which he read that promo in which it said, read bullet points off of prompter.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, I, I don't why get Andy, I
0: don't really... why is Dick Stockton still calling NFL games?
2: Because, now, you've refreshed my memory. Is he still with Fox? Yes. Okay, so somebody at the top of Fox still likes him. Why? Um, But I don't know. Um, For for the young broadcasters
0: out there that want to get into our business, try to explain to them how this happens, that a guy whose time is clearly long past, he's 78, and makes (laughs) such horrible gaffes, How does someone like this stay hired?
2: I have no idea, and maybe they fear the backlash of firing him would outweigh the benefits of having... Well, you know, some people sit around... And they go, you know, and and there would be there the stories in the papers. Oh, poor old Dick Stockton was shown the door after such great years of service. And my God, in the 80s when the NBA was at its best with Bird and Magic, he was the one that called the finals every year. Somebody's, somebody's weighed that versus, okay, once in a while he says Denver Nuggets instead of the Denver Broncos, I and
0: guess. I'm disappointed that you don't have some good insight as to how – You know, media schmoozing and getting you know tight with certain decision makers is the key to survival for some of these guys at the high levels. Well, yeah,
2: yeah, I I don't know who they are at Fox, and it doesn't matter. It's a
0: it's a general point. I want a general point as to how a guy like this keeps his job.
2: Well, I mean, look look at look at how guys have moved up and down at ESPN. Greenberg has moved up the ranks with no real discernible talent other than he's a nice looking guy and Mm -hmm. you know can read the prompter pretty well and somebody there said oh yeah that's a star while he's not proving it though i did hear that the get up ratings have gone up a little bit in the football season uh mostly because Um, of
0: laura rutledge who i think is outstanding and not and not a lecturing yenta like uh (laughs) michelle beadle well, anyway, God bless Dick Stockton. I, I, I only wish that someday when I'm his age and making biffs like that, that I've got somebody, an angel, it, it, you know, in management that just says, nah, we got to keep Zabe. We know he's a doddering old idiot. You're kind of losing <laughs> the fastball already, dummy. Hey, shut yeah. up, all right? I don't want to hear that from well, you.
2: Well, here, here's, you know, there have been three legendary guys who have left play-by-play in the last few years. One of them is Vin Scully who at 88 or 89 seemingly still had his fastball. Uh, Brent Musburger, who I always thought was great, even in the last year. Even they tried to kick him to the curb when he was doing SEC football. And Vern Lundquist I thought was great. He left because of physical problems with his back and so forth. But those three guys got out when people were still wanting more. Here's a guy who's sticking around where people are going, oh, boy, yeah. Dick Stockton, look what's happened to him. And and somebody probably needs to get in Dick Stockton's ear and say, Jesus, Dick, is this how you want to be remembered?
0: And I think the mm-hmm. answer is, I don't give a shit. It's a paycheck. I'm still doing it. I get per diem. I like it. Who cares? Yeah, nuggets. I I mean, nuggets. Yeah. Broncos. You get my point. Now let's play some football. <laughs> Real quick, your, uh, your beloved Maryland Terrapins held Rutgers to two completions while intercepting Rutgers five times on Saturday. On a scale of one to absolute uh, shame, where is the Rutgers football program and the pantheon of bad football programs?
2: It's got to be one of the worst we've seen. Now, we've had situations like Northwestern where you go, well, you know that's a really tough academic school, and you can understand why they have trouble fielding good football teams. Columbia and so forth. This is the state school of New Jersey. Um, yes, they should have better football teams than this. They they did have a half decent one when Siano was involved. What no, Greg here. Do you remember yeah, Greg Siano
0: actually had Rutgers? Of course, that's when they had a young Ray Rice on the team.
2: Yeah, that's Two, two
0: yeah, it, two completions. Yeah for a game yeah. against I'm think, sorry a Maryland program that's not exactly Alabama of the Atlantic.
2: Yeah, two two completions and four interceptions and I think the two completions went for 8 yards. <laughs> I mean that, 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 that there can't be a worse line for a quarterback maybe ever. Oh, <laughs> and uh, and and yeah, they're they are a complete embarrassment and the fact that this was a Big 10 football game is another embarrassment that that this big money rush to put teams in big markets on the Big Ten network, neither one of them, especially especially Maryland for football, maybe for basketball, but neither one of them belongs in the Big Ten. Yeah,
0: No way. And now apparently cable companies are trying to boot uh, the Big Ten network off of certain tiers so that the economic benefit to the conference will be lessened greatly if these cable companies get their way. So this big move to add these two schools, uh, the party from that might be coming to an end real soon. All right, it's Dallas week. The Redskins are in first place. Smiles, everybody. Smiles, Mr. Rourke. Give me the one cowboy on the current team that is the most hateable current cowboy from a Redskin fan perspective. Go.
2: Oh, Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. That's... that's that's easy. Yeah. Easy. Uh, I, I, yeah, <laughs> okay. I, don't, I don't think I, and, and here's here's the other part. I think I think of all the quarterbacks that have played for the Cowboys, Dak Prescott might actually be likable. You know, really, Sawback was great. You could hate Starback because he was he was like Mister Clean Cut, and you know he he was everything that was perfect about the Cowboys. And then you know Troy Aikman, the Golden Boy, and all that. This is a guy who seems like somebody you'd want to have a beer with, right? Yeah. Doesn't it seem that way.
0: Yeah, should I have a uh, should I go to the game? I've got an invite to go to a suite at FedEx Field, Ooh. Redskins Cowboys. Should I or should I not?
2: Well, I, I, I would be interested to get a real head count. I I try to get an idea from TV. It looked like there may have been a few more there this week. It looked uh, and 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 I also heard. Oh, I don't know if you, you noticed this when uh, when when Carolina would make a big play. Uh, there was a lot of cheering. Like, they were noting on TV how many well, Carolina fans were there.
0: You could hear the, the Luke chants for Luke Keekley whenever he would make a big play. You'd hear the Luke, and they're like, they're not yeah. Bowen, they're chanting Luke. Let me rephrase, Andy, or let me repeat, you didn't answer my question. Should I go to the game?
2: Yes, I, I would go for my benefit so you can really give me a <laughs> scouting report. <laughs> now, I, So you, I, want I just, you want me to go just
0: – you want me to go – I figure I'm good for one game a year. Yeah. So if I'm going to go it's, to one game this year at FedEx Field, why not go when we're in first place, the weather is not terribly cold, I have access to a suite, and it is a right. premium game in
2: Dallas. Yes, and it's a it's a four thirty start, which means you're getting home late. But because you know, it also means that that I might... flush all
0: the one o'clock games.
2: Yeah, you flush the one uh... o'clock so you can watch Red Zone in the in the suite. But uh, I'm planning to go to the Atlanta game. My nephew is an assistant trainer on the Falcons, so oh, really, I'm going to be going. Yes, I'm going to be going to that. Yeah. Good for him.
0: All right, Andy, yeah. good to talk to you as always. We'll check in next week. Hopefully, when we extend our first place lead in the good old NFC East.
2: Yes, sir. Well, this is Mr. Consistent Coach. He always wins after a big... Oh, no. He doesn't win after a big win, does he? <laughs> win one,
0: lose one, win one, lose one. That's how the yes, Redskins yes,
2: are in the Yes, J-Grew. yes, yes, All
0: right, Andy. We'll see you next week. Thanks, bud.
2: All right. Very good.
0: We'll end with this. The baseball game on Monday night and the football game were too late to make this edition of the Cast, as they once said in the newspaper business. We will have on Drew tomorrow to talk about where we stand in the NLCS with the Brewers and the Dodgers, and also what happened to the Packers on Monday night against the C.J. Beathard-led San Francisco 49ers. But let's end on this today, and I think it might be the story of the year. If it's not the story of the year, I'd like to see what would be better than this. Dateline, Tennessee. A chainsaw-wielding father tried to attack his son... With a, on a lawnmower before getting run over himself and losing his leg. Oh, my God. Good God! <laughs> the photograph of 76-year-old Douglas Ferguson is the kind of photograph you go, hmm, looks like he lives in the hills of Kentucky or Tennessee or somewhere. Somewhere Appalachia. Crazy and dangerous. And yeah, that sounds about right. Tried to tried to cut off his son's head with a chainsaw running, missed, and then got run over by the son who was riding a lawnmower at the time. Wow. Detectives said the father and son had an ongoing feud. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does sound like an ongoing feud. Sounded like the dad wanted to end the feud once and for all with a little... (laughs) You make a run at your son with a running chainsaw, you better get him. Especially if he is operating a lawnmower. So that way he can't then throw you to the ground and then run you over with a lawnmower. This sounds like the kind of medieval fight to the death, completely sick, warped and twisted type of death fights. That you know would be going on today if we lived with the Roman sense of, yeah, These are two prisoners. They're both on death row. Tell you what, let's give one a chainsaw. Let's give the other one a lawnmower. And let's put them in a ring and just see what happens. Apparently, the the 76 year old father lived. He did lose a leg, lost a lot of blood, and he is now being served with attempted secondary murder and violation of his probation. Yeah, that's probably going to be a violation. The Bristol Herald Courier reported that Ferguson could not be served until Tuesday because of the severity of his injuries. I guess it's kind of a bad thing if he's sitting in the hospital bed, down a leg, all tubed up, basically in a coma, to have the sheriff's deputies come by and just drop a bunch of papers on his chest like, okay, when you do get better, when you do recover, you're going back to jail, old Hopalong Cassidy. Just a reminder, you go after somebody with a chainsaw, and he happens to be on another deadly piece of lawn equipment, don't miss. Do not miss. That'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. Download, subscribe, comment, and like. Tell three friends premium Zabe can be had at zabe.com slash premium or football five ways Friday, or F5W as some people are calling it. Does that make sense? F for football, five W F. I guess we need another F on there. Either way, it's four ninety nine a month. You divide that up by four months. I mean, that's a dollar twenty. And really, yeah, you're saying it's only one episode that you keep behind the paywall, but it really all helps support the cause here at ZabeCast Industries. So thank you for all those who subscribed, and uh, me and Mister X got some nice mojo going on, trying to sort out our NFL picks for the week. Now get on out there, have yourself a good day, and we will see you back here tomorrow on the Zapecast.